Hey guys, we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we, fucking PBS? Oh yeah, you know it. I'm LeVar Burton. I wanted to be LeVar. Fuck. All right. I caught it first. Yeah, I'm hosting we... Jeopardy. <laughs> are you though? Listen guys, we, we need your help uh, to help keep the lights on as they say. Uh, we are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to, just like PBS. Um, you get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch, uh, depending on the tier that you sign up for. Oh, we got all the tiers. Oh, yeah. You Back. can either be a friend it, of the show, a oh. friend with benefits. Ooh. We just we could start to get serious, or you could just put a ring on it already. Yeah. Ooh, damn. And if you uh, if you exceed that amount, uh, you know we'll send you some not safe for work picks if, if you want. <laughs> it's not safe for your eyes picks in my case, but <laughs> not safe for anything right. picks. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, guys, check out uh, patreoncom motcu. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool. Uh, swag coming your way from stickers to t-shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah. The yeah. tears started at a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it? Yep. One buck to get in on that on that number one tier. And All with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout out on every episode. Right. So, come on. That's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal. Yeah, guys, right? check it out. Again, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. And then enjoy this week's movie. All right, we are back. Uh, we're going to pick up the pace a bit, folks. <laughs> we're a bit behind. Sorry. Um, so, so, yeah, no, 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 no. It's all good. This is a fun one. Um, we left off with our narrator finding his, uh, his power animal, his penguin, in the cave. So I want to roll this clip now, Joe. So hit that, hit that button. Every evening I died. And every evening I was born again. Resurrected. Bob loved me because he thought my testicles were removed too. Being there, pressed against his tits, ready to cry. This was my vacation. And she ruined everything. This is cancer, right? This chick, Marla Singer, did not have testicular cancer. She was a liar. She had no diseases at all. I had seen her at Free and Clear, my blood parasites group Thursdays, then at Hope my bi-monthly sickle cell circle. And again, it sees the day. My tuberculosis Friday night. Marla, the big tourist. Her lie reflected my lie. Suddenly, I felt nothing. I couldn't cry. So once again, I couldn't sleep. After we open our heart chakras, when it's time to hug, I'm gonna grab that little bitch Marla Singer and scream. Marla, you liar! You big tourist! I need this! Now get out! I hadn't slept in four days. When you have insomnia, you're never really asleep. And you're never really awake. Mm. So yeah, we meet Marla. That clip makes me so fucking mad, by the way. We meet Marla, who ruined everything. Uh huh. Um, oh, she ruined everything. <laughs> she, She's doing the same shit he's doing. Exactly. Exactly. I just want to be clear that, like, I love this movie. Yeah. A lot, but yep. there's some, there's very much misogynistic shit in here. Where oh, it's most like, definitely. Well, she's this, and she's doing, bitch. She's literally mirroring <laughs> everything you're doing. Right. That that's what jumped out at me when I was watching this. I was like, man, you know, this guy has no self awareness. And there's things later where they say things that are very misogynistic, where you're like, 
oh, mommy just didn't hug you enough, and you need to go to therapy. Like, I don't understand. Like, right. this isn't this isn't Marla's problem. Marla's doing the same shit you're doing. Actually, yeah. Marla's probably doing better than you are. Oh, honestly. she definitely is. At least she's, she's more, honest she's with more herself. Honest and open about exactly. what she's, why she's doing what she's doing. Correct. Um, yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I, I'd like to do some research about Chuck Palahniuk's views on, you know, toxic masculinity and such. I mean, you know, he's a gay man, so you would think he'd be more. Oh, I did not know about, that. Yeah, he, yeah. And so I you think he'd be more progressive. Oh, that. yeah. He's a handsome dude, by the way. <laughs> Chuck carries himself he's well. He's fine looking. It's fine. Yeah. But um, not my type. But it's like, I know. I get it. I'd be. I'd be curious just to to get his views even. From back then, you know. Anyway, um, so yeah, well, we you know need, Tyler we, and Marla were actually real people. Yes, in his yep. life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hmm. yeah, um, yeah. Their personalities were actual people he knew. Right, uh, right. So yeah, we meet Marla. We meet Marla Singer, who is the bane of the narrator's existence, at least in the beginning of the film. Um, and it's at the end of that clip when we hear footsteps, Marla's walking up an alley, and we get our fourth and final flash of, of Tyler. Um, so he's almost manifested himself fully in, in right. the narrator's life at this point, but it's still just a flash. Um, yeah. The narrator's he's obviously He's peeking very, through. He's exactly. peeking through. He hasn't act, actually taken over yet. Yeah. Um, you know, the narrator is very pissed at Marla for fucking up. It is kind of funny that she shows up with testicular cancer. Hilarious. Support group. Uh, smoking a cigarette. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and the cigarette smoking, her cigarette smoking specifically is just like so over the top in this movie. Yeah. And another piece of trivia, <laughs> she she took a chest, a chest x-ray after the movie was done and brought yeah. it to Fincher. <laughs> To Dude, show him the, the damage he had done to her lungs. The cigarette thought, smoking from everyone, including her and Tyler and yes. shit, where they would just yeah. toss it in yep. in a building. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, the fuck. Like, yeah, that wasn't that shit was insane to me. I was like, damn. Yeah, yep. he went and followed her in her hotel room and like just tossed it on the ground. I'm like, yeah, in a hotel, didn't stomp it out or shit. Like, no, just dramatic, like, dramatic flips every time. It wasn't Jesus even just Christ. a drop. They would flip no. that thing across yeah. the room. You know, and that, yeah. so. that's why this movie felt so punk rock to me. It took me back to. Uh, oh, it was remember? very punk rock because it was anti-establishment. Yes. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. that Gary Oldman, uh, Sid and Nancy movie? Did any guys see that? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. That's they were a just heavy walking flick, around man. like fucking. They didn't care about anything. Right. It was kicking exactly. bumpers off exactly. cars and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Another toxic relationship. Oh, yeah, just a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we're now, of course, again, back in the support group, uh, the cancer support group, and the counselor lets everyone know that Chloe, who we mentioned earlier, um, would oh. like to say a few words, and it's very fucking awkward. Um, his The narrator's description, I'm trying to remember it, but he, he references her as looking like Meryl Streep's skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> that he would yeah. like to push around a party to greet everyone or something like that. Yeah. It's, like, it's so fucked up. Um, yeah, it's, it's really awkward. Um, this is another difference from the book. In the book, this conversation is a private conversation be between Chloe and the narrator. She does not announce this to the whole group. Um, she just basically lays the... It out that you know she doesn't have much time left and she wants to get laid. I liked it better. Again, it's another reason why I like the movie better. Oh yeah, no, I get it. I agree. I did feel like it came off better in the movie of making it awkward for people because, of course, that's a thing when people are dying. Yeah. They still want to fuck. Yeah, when she gets you know closer I mean? to the mic. She's like, I have uh, uh, adult magazines in my like. Yeah, you feel. Up. And lube and yeah, yeah. I have lubricants. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. So it, it, it's awkward, and uncomfortable. But you know, that's the theme of this movie. This whole movie is yeah. awkward, and uncomfortable. So uh, it fits very well within it. Um, she was ready so, to slide. Yeah, she's certainly ready I to slide. She's got the she's got the, the, the goods to do it. You know. <laughs> All right, I'm just saying I could I could listen to Sam do Chloe all night. This is fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they start their cave trips again, and this gets fucked up immediately for the narrator because he is already obsessed with Marla. Um, he gets into his cave to look for that um, for that penguin, 
And oh, before that, he, he just says, if I had a tumor, I'd name it Marla. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just had it with her. So, you know, he no, tries he to find his pain. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Not yet. And, he uh, loves her. He loves her. Yeah, he does. And he finds Marla in the cave instead. And she looks at him and says, slide. Um, it's interesting. Joe, you brought this up before. What's the trivia about the breaths? Do you know? It's Do from the Titanic. Titanic. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Same CGI company that did Titanic did this how, movie. How ridiculous, right? We're like, yeah, yeah. that's not a thing. Yeah. Like, at the time, that CGI was so, I don't know, expensive. And, no, it was. Exactly. exactly. You know what I mean? It's such a vast, like, it doesn't seem like it's that long ago, but it really yeah. was to where yep. now it's like, well, yeah, you can just generate shit like that all the time on your fucking computer. Like, they they literally just... took the thing from Leo DiCaprio yeah. in... When he was dying right. in Titanic, and they're like, we're going to use that exact breath CGI for this yep. breath. When yeah, we don't have money for new, new cold breath. That is insane, yeah. right? <laughs> well, it's no, like it really in 99, is. a fucking desktop computer probably cost you two grand or yeah. 1500 right. bucks, where now you get one for $300. The same thing with the CG. The processing power needed to do oh my the God, special the effects is so much less uh, or so much the more reachable. Generations. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so that was that was Leo's breath from the Titanic that we yeah, see. It was, uh, yeah, the weird, weird and screen. crazy. Exactly. So, all right, we got another clip. There's going to be a lot of clips in this one. Um, I think I did about 16% of the movie <laughs> on the oh clips Lord. just because there's so much. Uh, so roll that, please, Joe. Hey. We need to talk. Sure. I'm on to you. What? Yeah. You're a faker. You're not dying. Sorry. In the Tibetan philosophy, Sylvia Plath sends the word. I know we're all we're all dying. Right? But you're not dying the way Chloe back there's dying. So. So you're a tourist. Okay, I've seen you. I saw you with melanoma. I saw you had tuberculosis. I saw you had testicular cancer. I saw you practicing this. Practicing what? I love that line. Yep. Is it going as well as you hoped? Yeah. I'll expose you. Go ahead. I'll expose you. All right, come together. Let yourselves cry. Oh, God, why are you doing this? Cheaper than a movie and this free coffee. Look, this is important, okay? These are my groups. I've been coming here for over a year. Why do you do it? I don't know. When people think you're dying, man, they really, really listen to you instead of just instead of just waiting for their turn to speak. That's therapy, Bo. That's therapy, yeah. boo. Yep. Yeah. Share yourself completely. Look, you don't want to get into this. It becomes an addiction. Really? I'm not kidding. I can't cry if there's another faker present, and I need this. So you gotta find somewhere else to go. Can't you strike a cancel board? It's not my problem. How did I not get copyrighted? Y'all playing the damn entire movie. <laughs> I know. Um, we haven't mm-hmm. we haven't gotten a scene to yet, so. Ooh. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So you know the negotiations begin. Um, they continue when when both parties step outside. Um, and they are now haggling over who gets what groups and what nights uh, to make it fair for both of them. And right. There's no conflicts. Uh, Marla heads into a laundromat, presumably to pick up her laundry. Um, she opens a couple of different dryers and takes only jeans out. And oh, this motherfucker is literally going scene to scene. Okay. All yeah. right. Oh, yeah. We are going. Yes, that's the way we do it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah. So she then runs across the street to a thrift shop and sells the jeans. So we know that she stole them, and now she's just getting money by selling them. Um, they finally iron out the details and decide who's getting what in nights and, and yeah, and split up the clips. days. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, this scene ends. With oh, the that was also a yeah. fantastic scene, right? We're like, it was. no, I want, I want blood parasites. No, I want right. brain parasites. Exactly. Like that was a great sign. Yep. that was a great yeah, scene. And, and, the narrator's hiding one that he thinks she doesn't know about on Sunday. Oh, nights. that you like that <laughs> one too. Yeah, yeah, calls yeah, yeah. him on it. Yeah, it's like the uh, messy divorce of. Uh, yes. Yeah, exactly. it really exactly. was. It really what was. was. It was like what custody. Was candy stripe of cancer ward. It yes. was custody so. of terrible diseases 
Yeah. How fucking. Yeah. I know. It's how awful. fucking warped is that? Yeah, it's, Ooh, it's absolutely speak, awful. Speaking of really uh, the toxic masculinity thing, there was a theory that I saw that the blue jeans she stole and sold were meant to represent uh, masculinity because yes. blue jeans were like this manly apparel back yeah. in the day. Hmm. Yep, Listen, I saw that. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, out of yep. everything of this movie about toxic masculinity, that's the least thing <laughs> I could even <laughs> fucking talk about. Those yeah. jeans, like, though. Here's know? the other thing, know, like, right? like, okay, I, I'm not gonna jump ahead, so I, right. I will proceed to tell you how how fucking shitty this actually is when it gets there. But already, you're already like saying like, you know that this dude, the narrator, right? is telling this woman, the stranger, to him at this point. Absolutely. Hey, I see you are a tourist. You are you don't have this. You don't have any of this shit. Which, by the way, he doesn't either. Mm-hmm. But he's, like, trying to dictate yeah. where she can go and do whatever mm-hmm. when he's doing the same shit. Like, that already pissed me the fuck off. Right. As well did her. Yeah. Uh, which then attracted themselves together because they're fucking toxic. But... Exactly. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, why the fuck do you think you have ownership on this shit? Oh, yeah. This guy's a narcissist. He's he's throwing stones in glass houses. Crazy. Okay, okay, okay. Crazy. Oh, her her line about the testicular cancer that she has more right to be there than him because she doesn't exactly. have balls either. She's like, it's she's like, like, bitch, I don't yeah. got balls. You still do. So that I is don't beautifully know. said. I just absolutely beautiful, love that line. beautiful. So, so yeah. So they they iron things out. Uh, they exchange phone numbers. Um, right. You can tell that the narrator just. He likes her. He, he's in love with her. You know, he comes up with the excuse in case he they has, want to switch He has nights, a weird infatuation with her. Yes, exactly. Which I got mad about when I rewatched it because originally she wrote her number on his hand. Yeah, that's true. And then You're right. later, yep. you see after his condo blows up, he has it on a piece of paper. But he probably did rewrite it on a piece of paper, right? When he got home, I guess I, w- I, would, I would say that's the yeah, excuse that they're going to use. At first, I was like, "Well, what the?" <laughs> but fuck? I think it's but I think it's a bit of continuity error. I agree with you. Yeah, that that, that doesn't but make sense. It does make sense though, because like you're going to wash your fucking hand. Yep. So you're going right. to write it down. Exactly. You're but it is a little it bit like <laughs> it, it is a little bit of a shout out to you. Heard about this one? I just did a 9/11 episode. Uh, please don't at me if you're mad about it um but the fact that they found one of the terrorists uh passports at the bottom of the fucking wreckage of the twin towers perfectly pristine just like he did perfectly pristine just the number of marla at the end of his blown up fucking condo little same little same yeah no exactly maybe maybe the cia wash fight club i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i don't know yep so we get to a, a quick montage of uh the plane trips that the narrator has to take basically just to demonstrate how hectic his life is or how hectic he perceives it um, you know, he's losing time, he's gaining time, he's confused as to where he is. It's just basically a blur. Um, it's at this point we get our first extended live shot of Tyler on the people mover. The narrator's going in one direction and Tyler's going in the other direction. They don't notice each other, but you see Tyler from start to finish on that in that quick scene. Um, it's really cool then. We see the narrator in his hotel room. He turns the TV on and, of course, in hotels, you get that welcome message from the hotel that plays and um that in the welcome video for the restaurant it ends with the the wait staff and all the chefs saying yep. welcome and tyler's in that <laughs> yeah. yeah he's one of the guys and they did a good job of they put him off to the side and and i had to be honest didn't I, don't even, I didn't even notice the fucking people over shit oh really yeah, yeah. yeah he's a, he's in yeah that's his first like real scene where where we see him but I don't hear i did him. not yeah. notice that okay Yep. See, I didn't catch the uh, the video thing with the show. Oh yeah, if you oh, watch it again, he's yeah, on yeah, the right. He's on like the right. It's very much like shining, of yes. like at the end, or like exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because they got the cool thing that Fincher did was he got a the the most plain looking group of extras yeah. to do that scene. They were just they looked like they were cooks and they looked like they were yeah. you know bottle washers and they were fucking busboys. And then there's him over on the side, and 
Yeah, it was it was it was funny. So they looked like they were in a weird pop punk band from no, Ocala. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yep. That's very from true. Ocala. Post like three weeks. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Um, all right. So we now jump to uh, a quick explanation and scene that describes the narrator's job. Um we see a completely incinerated Lincoln Town car oh. uh, in like a hangar type building. Um, and braces um, in the back. Mm. Oh yeah, it's crazy. It's it's fucking awful. Um, so we see that, and you know, I love the narrator's comment. You know, on a long enough timeline, everybody's survival rate drops to zero. Um, we learn that he is a recall coordinator, and his job is to apply quote the formula. Um, they then proceed. He and three other guys, I guess the local crew there, they proceed to go through the car in such a fucking callous, awful, yeah. Yeah. inhumane way. I mean, you but, know, we learned that. But yeah. when you work that type of shit, you yes. get so desensitized. You, you need, know what I mean? that's, a, that's a defense mechanism, absolutely. Um, you know, they referenced the, the wife going through the windshield. Yep, three points. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Kids braces yeah. in the ashtray, you know, that'd make yeah. a great no smoking campaign. Oh, you campaign. see that this guy was overweight because his fat, uh, yeah. rendered to the fucking seat. It's like, right. good God, man. Yeah. Yeah, goes, it looks oh, like yeah, modern art. Modern art, yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> you know? So, yeah, it's it's definitely a fucked up scene. But again, you know what? It's a fucked up scene in a movie full of fucked up scenes. So, Absolutely. Yeah. We become, we become also, desensitized to it. <laughs> but it's that is what it is. Yes. Like, that's somebody's fucking job. Exactly. Every exactly. fucking day. Yeah. Like, we don't think about it because we don't fucking do it. But that is somebody's fucking job right. every fucking day. And that, to them, is nothing. No, exactly. To they us, have it's to like, do that. holy shit. But to yep. them, it's like, well, this is my day to day. And that's, that's like true. the whole fucking point. That, why do you think this motherfucker's so desensitized all the motherfucking <laughs> yeah. time? This motherfucker can't sleep. Why? Because he sees tragedies every <laughs> fucking day. Exactly. That's he true. sees it's trauma every fucking day. I had, yeah. a, I had a good friend who was an EMT for a long time. And, and watching mm. that scene kind of took me back to the conversations we would oh, have that about makes sense. Right. job. Because right. she would see the most fucked up yeah. shit you could imagine. And she right. had to compartmentalize it that way. Like, yeah, right. you know, yeah. Right. I, I can't even, it's like, it's like seeing anything else. It's like, oh, I had a ham sandwich for lunch. And then I saw someone's brains on the sidewalk. Yeah. Correct. Like, Whoa. Yeah. You live with PTSD in a situation yep. like that. Every day. Every so. day. Oh. Yep. So we are back on the plane now. And the narrator is explaining to the woman sitting next to him mm-hmm. how the formula works, how he takes this and this and this. And multiplies it, and if the number that he comes up with is less than the cost of a recall, they don't recall. Capitalism, <laughs> um, baby! Which is, you know, that is risk assessment in a nutshell. That's how I it mean, works. Did she, did she really need to ask? Of course it's Ford. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's honestly every major yeah, yeah. yeah, they all do it. And it's not just car. It's Probably any Tesla, industry. if we're going to be honest yeah, right now. exactly. Well, it's Tesla any industry. wasn't around then, but now, oh, you, can, has, you can burn up and die, and it's fine. Yeah. Because he's I going mean, to space. So it's any, cool. Any industry it's cool. that's consumer-facing It's cool. People product. can die every right. day in his motherfucking cars, but he's going to space, so it's fine. Yeah. Yep. Sorry. I don't know if so, you guys are big Elon fans, but uh, fuck that guy. I could take him or leave him. Um so yeah, so it's at this point the narrator, he I guess I think what it is is he's dozing off kinda, and he imagines yeah. a midair collision, <laughs> quickly mentioning that you know if you die in a plane crash you get three times your life insurance policy. Yeah, which who does that go to? Mm. You're dead. Yeah, right. You you I guess your and family members. And who does it go to h- for him? Yeah, right. because no we know nothing. Say. We know nothing about the narrator about his right. family. Yep. We yep. just know he's a single dude. We don't know anything else. Well, well, we do find out later that he did have a mother but that raised him, but he did not necessarily have a father. He doesn't have kids. So, like, right. where would that even go? Yep. To Marla? Yeah. Or Marla. Bob? I guess. <laughs> yeah. No, no. He's not married to anybody. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. kind of a weird little tidbit to throw yeah. in there. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. And this scene was also kind of fucked up because he mentions, you know, you get to see the plane crash like in his imagination and stuff. But he said he prays for this to happen every time he's on a flight. Right. Right. So right. you you know his state bro, of mind. Bro, that, that yeah. is what I, bro, what I'm saying, this whole fucking movie is this guy's depressed and needs yeah. to go to therapy. 
Yeah. His level of self-loathing is legendary. Not as legendary as mine. He's so depressed. By the way, the CGI of that plane crash that he imagined yeah. was better than The Matrix. I'm sorry. No, it was. <laughs> I agree with you. It was fucked up. Yeah, it was fu- It was so realistic. Right? Um, so realistic. You know, um, yeah, okay. it was heavy. So he, he imagines this midair collision and he snaps out of it because, again, I, I imagine he dozed off and dreamt this and then woke up in a start. And we finally meet this Tyler we've been talking about, Tyler Durden. Yes. We finally meet Very him. different from the book, but All yes. Right? Yes. And so, Joe, roll the clip because we're going to hear about what these two talk about. If you're seated in an emergency exit room, and feel you would be unable or unwilling to perform the duties listed on the safety card, please ask a flight attendant to reseat you. It's a lot of responsibility. Want to switch seats? No, I'm not sure I'm the man for that particular job. An exit door procedure at 30,000 feet. Mm-hmm. Illusion of safety. Yeah, mm. I guess so. You know why they put oxygen masks on planes? So you can breathe. Oxygen gets you high. In a catastrophic emergency, you're taking giant panic breaths. Suddenly you become euphoric, docile. You accept your fate. It's all right here. Emergency water landing, 600 miles an hour. Blank faces, calm as Hindu cows. That's a, that's an interesting theory. What do you do? What do you mean? What do you do for a living? Why? So you can pretend like you're interested. <laughs> Love that. Okay. You have a kind of sick desperation in your life? We have the exact same briefcase. Hmm. Soap. Sorry? I make and I sell soap. The yardstick of civilization. And this is how I met Tyler Durden. <laughs> it's, uh-huh. And this version, but not in the book. Right. Exactly. Exactly. This is one of those movies, those twist movies, where when you watch it knowing the ending, like every scene yeah. gives it away. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, oh, no, yeah. exactly. We, the clues are... Every time I go back and watch this movie, I'm like... Of course, once you know the twist, right. you're like, well, yeah, there it is. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, there yeah. it is. But yeah. I also, like, I quote this shit all the time. I kind of thought you were going to continue to play that until where he goes, well, what do I give you, the ass or the crotch? Yeah. I do that every time. I do that I every time I go to the movies yeah. or whatever, where I, or a concert where yeah. I'm sitting or whatever, where I, yeah. I'm like, well, what do I give you, the ass or the crotch? <laughs> like, I do that every fucking time. Oh, that and that little that little scene is so great because when Tyler gets up, he gives the narrator his ass, and then he squeezes squeezes by the flight attendant and gives her his crotch. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's like, he does a like quasi pegs her from the back. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I didn't. You know, it's funny. I wanted to add that clip, Sam, but I've got so much. I got so many. Hey, clips. I get it, bro. We're like, but like two hours kind of in. Yeah, yeah. We're two I'm hours kind of, yeah, in. We haven't even hit Fight Club yet. That joke I is just, so fucking old at this point. I just messaged Will. I said, you guess need, how far we are into the movie where Will Yeah, yeah, in. and it's my fault. Right, Joe. Thank you. Just make up shit now, right? <laughs> the hell is that? All right. Uh, so, my buddy Will, who, who Doug put to sleep? I, yes. I did do that, and I learned my that, lesson because I'm an adult. That I It's fine. Um, so they continue the small talk quickly. It's mostly about explosives, which is interesting. Um and then our narrator drops the line, you know, he, he had previously talked about single serving everything on an airplane, mm-hmm. uh, including friends. You're the most interesting si- single serving friend I've ever met. Exactly. <laughs> and I, Tyler's response is so fucking great. How's that working out for you? What? Being clever. Being clever. <laughs> yeah. It's, and again, you go, we go back to knowing the twist that all of these conversations are taking place inside the narrator's fucking correct. head. Correct. Correct. He's talking to himself. He's berating himself. He's fucking... Busting himself. Correct. Correct. And it's amazing. It's amazing. Correct. Correct. So, um, so yeah, so we are... Um, because he also hates himself. No, exactly. Like, Self-loathing is you know off what I mean? the fucking like, charts. If this I mean, motherfucker would have just went to therapy. <laughs> yep. Exactly. 
Um, so we are now at the baggage claim, and we come to find out that the uh, co- the airline has confiscated the narrator's oh my God. baggage, his, his suitcase. One of the funniest things. I know, because it was like, vibrating. Um, if you know, a, a said dildo. Yeah. And yeah. then he's like, shh. Right. He's like, yep. quiet. Yeah, I know, he just fucking shushes him. It's so, so good. good. He just dismisses him, but it's so great. Which, by the way, yes, we, I've, I've brought dildos in airports. It's fine. Oh, yeah. That's good to know. Thank you. So so has RJ. <laughs> He's brought them everywhere. He brings it at a fucking supermarket. Um, That's fine. They don't <laughs> care about them. That's yeah, fine. Uh, yeah, they, maybe they, in yeah, 1999 they, they did. They did. But you would maybe. think after after 9/11, which by the way, if you guys want to hear a 9/11 podcast conspiracy theory, uh, which I got really a lot of shit about that. By the way, I'm sorry. I'm, did you? I'm diverting. I was kind of surprised. I was kind of surprised because I'm like, it's been 20 years. Y'all haven't heard about conspiracy theories about 9-11 yet? Well, I've heard them all. I've heard them all. I I got a lot of hate about doing a a podcast about conspiracy theories about 9-11. People are real mad about it. You're not allowed to to question it. You're anti-American, apparently. Yes, Jesus fucking Christ. Exactly. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's yeah, because our government doesn't lie to us ever. <laughs> it's funny how, like you said, Sam, the the agent he, he says, you know, company policy states that it should always be referred to as the dildo, not correct. your dildo. Yes, correct. <laughs> we cannot apply yes. ownership of said dildo. Yes, yes. Um, I love so, that. I fucking exactly. love that. And then, and then so when great. he's like trying to say, like, I don't have a dildo, and he goes, shh. He's on the phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great. It's great. It's great. So the narrator turns around, looks outside uh, to, to the, the rivals area and watches Tyler put his bags in a fucking hot, I think it was a, uh, uh, like a Trans Am or, or a shit. fucking yeah, Firebird yeah. or something, right? It was a convertible Camaro. Yeah. And he, 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 <laughs> he, he, just, he jumps car. in the car and takes yeah. off and we quickly learn it's not his because there's a guy chasing him down the walkway. Right, right. Hey, hey. Uh, so he just took the car. Um, so, and so, the, like spoilers, because clearly, if anyone's listening this far along, already knows so. what the, what the twist is, right? Yes. So it's like, well, what is that, right? So we know, us all know, that the narrator is Tyler as well, right? Yeah. So what actually happened? Was he actually standing there and watching that happen, or was he the one? Was that stole he the, the one car? doing it? Right. Uh, yeah, I think because then later point, we it was well because then we we see him but but then that's la- true we see you're him right later at his condo he's in a cab next scene yeah that's true so I think he imagined that I guess okay okay um so yeah that said we we now uh we're now arriving the narrator's arriving at his condo um <laughs> in a cab it's labeled scat for senior citizen affordable taxi <laughs> so fucking <laughs> funny. great it's so fucking funny it's so dumb and funny um. He arrives to see that his apartment and his apartment only <laughs> right. is completely on fire. And right. his shit is just strewn across the pavement in front of the condo. Like it got blown out the window, um, including that fucking yin yang table. I think table. it's the first the thing you see. Yin yang is laying I think it's the first thing you see when yes, they pan. Just yeah. charred and fucking burnt, right? To let you know it is his condo. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. You know, he, he doesn't know what to do. Uh, he, he As we talked about, as Sam talked about earlier, he miraculously finds, it's a very convenient turn. He finds Marla's phone number. Like, the edges He's are charred on this paper, but her phone number is whole. And this is Marla, and Just it's got a like number Just like 9-11 on. when they found his motherfucking passport exactly. at, the, at the bottom of the fucking <laughs> Twin Towers. That's some bullshit. Oh, exactly. that survived out of everything? Okay. Okay. So he, he he grabs this and he Eric's losing it. He, he he walks over to a phone booth and for you know those young folks you know they used to exist they don't anymore. Uh, mm. It was an actual booth with a phone in it that you could call people. Yeah. On. Oh what? Um, yeah, exactly. He had so coins to put he, in there. Right. No one eight hundred call att. Carrot yeah. top told me that. <laughs> ten ten two twenty bitch what? Yeah. He uh, he dials Marla's number. He put his number. fifty cent in. Yeah, it was only two. He had a, a charred, somehow version of Marla's number. Right. And he gives her a call because he, he he needs to find a place to stay. 
and she answers the phone and he chickens out. He doesn't say anything. She keeps talking. I can hear you breathing, you motherfucker. Yeah. That's what exactly. she says. Yeah. And uh, he hangs up. Because he was being weird as hell. Like, say something, bro. You called her, bitch. Absolutely. He's still, at this point, he's still conflicted about his infatuation with Do I hate her? Okay, well then don't call her. Right. So he reaches into his pocket and he finds Tyler's business card for the Paper Street Soap Company. Mm-hmm. And he says, what the hell? And he, he fucking dials the number. Now, sure. he calls the number. Nobody picks up. He hangs up and he's about to leave. And the phone rings. And here is another clue. <laughs> when you look yep. at the pay phone, it clearly no says no calls. incoming calls. So what? that couldn't have happened. Oh, yeah. It says yeah. it right on the phone. It says it right on the phone. Was, Shit. That was common on pay phones. That was to stop the drug dealers, quote, stop the dealers from using pay phones back in the day. Is that they couldn't call back. Um, so that a lot of, you know, they got, they got blocked. Mm-hmm. So this also tells us that, that, that call never took place. Right. Um, but the phone does ring. I would the, not know that. I'll be quite honest with you. I, no, I didn't know that. That's part of my old man knowledge on payphones. Well, that's <laughs> not true though, because I've actually called somebody and they have called me back on. A oh pay no, phone. not so all payphones. Not, no, oh, I, oh, this particular oh. one, not all payphones, but a lot of payphones. But this uh, one in particular, they made clear to show it. Yes. Okay. The particular individual. With the, uh, with the clues, right. man. Apologies, apologies, apologies. Yeah. So uh, he, he picks up the phone, and it's Tyler. And he, Tyler asks who it is, and this is another great moment. Um, he never says, the narrator never says a name. Like, all he had to do was nope. say, hi, I'm Joe. But, and every right, time I he's at one of those that. fucking meetings, he has a different name on yeah, exactly. his fucking Yeah, exactly. Cornelius, thing. Yeah, yeah. I forget the Cornelius, yeah. Rupert, blah, Rupert. blah, whatever. Exactly. So um, he describes himself, hey, we met on the plane, you know, same suitcase. Clever uh, or, guy. You know, I'm the clever guy, you know. So, yeah. you know, Tyler recognizes him, and uh, they decide to get of together. Of course he does! Yes, of course. <laughs> well, we know what it is, bro. Yep, it's yep. him. Yeah. Uh, they decide to meet at Loose Tavern. It's a nice little pub and strip club. Um, <laughs> I guess not far from where they live. Um, this is supposed to take place in Wilmington, Delaware, though it's never mentioned. Uh, it's mentioned in yeah, the book, but not true. in the movie. That's uh, true. That's true. Well, I mean, that's Wilmington true. is the credit card capital of the makes country sense. in the world, so it makes sense. Um, you know, it looks so a sh- lot like Los Angeles. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, a lot the, of it was actually... Yep. Not. Yep. <laughs> not yeah, there. yeah. I don't think they ever set foot in Wilmington, to be honest with you. I, but, I don't either. No. So, this scene is really fucking cool because they're having some beer and they're just having... They're shooting the shit, small talk conversation. This whole scene was ad-libbed by Pitt and Norton, okay? Um... Fincher gave them ideas and told them to just fucking riff. They did 38 takes and Fincher just pieced together the best parts of the conversations over those 38 takes. Right? Yeah, cool. And again, it's, it, it, it goes, it just tell it just describes why this movie is a fucking masterpiece from yeah. the direction to the actors, the, for their ability to come up with shit like fuck Martha Stewart, you know, and then Pitt says, you know, she's polishing the brass on the Titanic. It's all going down, man. <laughs> you know, like it was just, it was fucking genius on every level. Um, so they, they leave the bar and the narrator mentions about having to find a hotel and tyler again he fucking calls him on his shit it right could away be worse. He goes, what's she that could cut your dick off while you're asleep yeah right <laughs> exactly exactly you know um so Reina. he calls he tyler calls him out again or he calls himself out again um and says look you called me to ask me so just fucking ask me can you can i stay with you just fucking ask me right and he narrator breaks down he, 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 he even fights that you know can i no can you what <laughs> just fucking ask me and he asked him and tyler says of course you can stay with me uh so roll a clip please i want you to do me a favor yeah sure i want you to hit me as hard as you can what i want you to hit me as hard as you can let me tell you a little bit about Tyler Gerd. Tyler was a night person. While the rest of us were sleeping, he worked. He had one part-time job as a projectionist. See, a movie doesn't come all on one big reel. It comes on a few. 
So someone has to be there to switch the projectors at the exact moment that one reel ends and the next one begins. If you look for it, you can see these little dots come into the upper right-hand corner of the screen. In the industry, we call them cigarette burns. That's the cue for a changeover. He flips the projectors, movie keeps right on going, and nobody in the audience has any idea. Why would anyone want this shit job? Because it affords him other interesting opportunities. Like splicing single frames of pornography into family films. So when the snooty cat and the courageous dog with the celebrity voices meet for the first time in Real 3, that's when you'll catch a flash of Tyler's contribution to the film. <laughs> Nobody knows that they saw it, but they did. Nice big cock. Even a hummingbird couldn't catch Tyler at work. Tyler also worked sometimes at the banquet with the luxurious Pressman Hotel. Come on, hit me before I lose my nerve. God, this is crazy. So go crazy. Let her rip. I don't know about this. I don't either. Who gives a shit? No one's watching. What do you care? Wait, this is crazy. You want me to hit you? That's right. What, like in the <laughs> face? <laughs> Surprise me. This is so fucking stupid. <laughs> Jesus, I'm sorry. Ow! Why the ear, man? I fucked it up. Oh, that was perfect. Yeah, it's, um. <laughs> it's different with this movie. I usually don't have this many clips. This movie is just, there's so many scenes that have such detail that to describe them would actually take longer than the three minutes it took to play that clip. So, no, it would. It would. At least yeah, it would. Okay, like that. okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so this is basically the birth of Fight Club before they even have the idea. Um, it, does anybody know about the punch, the ear hit? I do. Please but, tell us. Uh, so, I'm sorry. I don't want to take over your show. But. No. I, You're good. Listen, Joe has, also, Joe has told like, me to share, so I'm sharing. Please, you. This is like one of my fucking favorite movies, so um, I know a lot about it. Uh, so, what actually had happened, what had happened was, <laughs> um, originally, when they had... Uh, directed what was supposed to happen. They told Edward Norton and um, Brad Pitt that, like, hey, he's going to hit your shoulder, right? Uh. He's going to punch your shoulder. And then right before they actually said, hey, action, uh, Fincher went into Edward Norton's ear and said, hey, punch him in the fucking ear. It's so fucked up. It's so fucked up. And it's a so real good. Right? Or, am I right, Doug? No, 100%. Yeah. 100%. So at the last fucking minute, that is what happened. And he legitimately, that was a real reaction from Brad Pitt. Because he's like, what right. the fuck? You hit me in the fucking ear? Like, <laughs> yeah. the fuck? 
that was like a real reaction because yep. that was not what was supposed to happen, which I exactly. love of the fact of, especially in a movie like this, where it's about like fighting. Yeah. And yeah. in a, in a scene where, and just like you said before, Doug, of that, that whole interaction right before that, when they're in the bar. Yeah. Ton of improv. Yeah. They took many takes where it was just like, hey, just like, like, just, just bullshit and talk. Mm-hmm. And then we'll splice what we like. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. But they never told Brad Pitt that they were going to have him punch him in the fucking ear. Yeah. So when he's like, fuck the ear, man. Why would I you know. fucking hit me in the. Like, that was a natural reaction. He yeah. literally punched him in the fucking ear. Yeah, the fighting, and, in, the fighting in this movie makes me deeply uncomfortable because oh, it's absolutely, very it's real. very realistic. You yeah, feel it's it. Realistic. Mm-hmm. You feel it. Yeah. And, well, Edward Norton actually like uh, sprained his thumb. Yeah, <laughs> he did. You you've read that too. Yeah, so yeah. he sprained his thumb from punching Brad Pitt in the stomach because his stomach was <sighs> so hard. Yeah, yeah. that. There's, by the right. end of the movie, by the end of the movie, his, his shit was tight. Yes. tight. <laughs> yeah, this is good. my real issue with this film. Is uh, it's impossible. Oh, you to got look an issue good. with it? Oh, come oh my on. god! Yeah, the one Eric, with the latex Eric, gloves where he's modest, where he's fingering his no, own no. belly button. I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah. well, this is just porn. I don't. Oh know. yeah. Oh, and when we we'll, we'll I'll talk about it real quick. But when we get to the department store. It's another yeah. fucking Brad Pitt moment in the department the shirt, store. But the, the half shirt. The half shirt and the fuck he's pulling down okay. showing his V. Like fucking like look, my He I, never wore he never wore underwear the entire movie. No, for I know. Sure. Exactly. For he went balls sure. free. He went commando balls the whole fucking to the wall like commando exactly. the entire movie yep. and I am thankful for it. Look, here's my Brad Pitt here's my Brad Pitt thing, right? Yeah. He's yeah, one yeah. of my favorite actors of all time. And yeah. I got a man crush on him because oh, yeah. nobody, well, why Eric, right, nobody should look that fucking good. But here's the okay. thing. There are a ton of actors out there that look that good but, but can't act themselves out of a paper bag. Brad Pitt is one of the greatest actors of our fucking generation. All right? Oh. His looks almost take, unfairly take away oh, from his you. acting ability I'm with you. in some people's eyes. Because that scene alone, just forget everything, anything else he's ever done. That scene alone, the way he's jumping around, and the way he's laughing. He is underrated because he's right. so good looking. You're correct. Exactly. It takes You're away. Correct. He's jumping around to get loose, to loosen up. And he, he stops and he giggles and then he goes straight faced. And I just, you couldn't even hear oh, it and see off. it in the clip. We'll talk about later when he fights with Lou, but. Yeah. When he holds, when he holds his hand up and then when he's ready, just, he just points his finger and laughs. I mean, that's all fucking Brad Pitt, man. And yeah. I love this guy for everything that he does. So, um, yeah. So, we now, ju- we now this is going to fly a little bit, thankfully. Um, there's a bunch of quick cuts that we jump to different okay. scenes really quick. We go back to, to the house. Uh, we, well, we go to the house for the first time. We're introduced to Tyler's shithole on Paper Street. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, his, the narrator's comment is, I didn't know if he owned it or if he was squatting. In there's another, this is another big clue in the sense that given the narrator's thirst for, you know, yuppiness, he should have been mortified by this place, but he was oh, yeah. absolutely unfazed oh, he was obs- by no, what he, he saw. Was, he was so infatuated with right. Well, he, he was Ty- infatuated. Tyler. Yeah, he was infatuated, unfazed, because he's the one who fucking squatted in that house. He because set that up before Because ever it was went the there. exact opposite exactly. of what so, he represented. So it's so cool. It's just another clue. Um, the, and the whole thing about the whole inside joke about Paper Street. Yeah, While there are real Paper, paper Streets. What's it, Joe? Yeah, talk to me. Well, when they do the buildings, typically they just call it that when they put it down on the plans. That way right. it's a piece of paper. <laughs> exactly. It's a street that might never be named or never right. exist. So it's called a paper street. And there are actual paper streets, you know, in America and around the world. But that was the inside joke on this. It's a place that doesn't yeah. exist um, in the real so, world. So this whole thing at the at the bar scene or whatever ignited this whole concept of fight yep. club within themselves. Right. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. Am I taking over your show? I apologize. No, not at all. Works for me. Please. <laughs> I 
I'm just but like, clips. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you playing the entire movie? We're gonna be here for a while, bro. Oh, I could have done uh, that. <laughs> oh, it would be even longer if I let Doug just talk the whole thing through. It's very true. Here's what I am saying, right? So after this happens, uh, and like shit starts popping off, where they have even even the small little fight club that they have, and we'll right. get into, and I'll let you, Doug, get into mm-hmm. like. Uh, the rules and, and, and whatever. But my whole thing was re-watching it again recently was like, well, this would not fly if this was a female. Right. To show up at your job with a fucking black eye <laughs> and shit. Yeah. I'm for yeah. real because like I did that not that long. It was a couple <laughs> years ago. I got I got drunk as hell at an event I fucking slammed my head into something, had a fucking whole, like, black eye, my eyebrow was raised and shit, I had wore fucking sunglasses, because I'm like, well, for sure, someone's going to think this was, like, a domestic oh thing. Right. right. But it was not. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, imagine if this was a female version of this yeah, movie. Exactly. exactly. Where, in this version of the movie, no one even asked. No yeah. one asked, like, why the fuck? No. Nope. Initially. Initially. Took, no one took, fucking asked. Shit. Yeah. It took months for his boss to tell him to go home and clean up. Like, months. Correct. Correct. Shit. Okay. If a um, woman would have showed up battered yeah. as fuck. Yeah. But oh, I, I, think, I think the theme that runs through this movie is that when you go against the status quo... It makes the people around you deeply uncomfortable. Oh, absolutely. And they don't know how to scene. react. I don't yeah. know what you're saying, Eric, but yeah. you're so peaceful when you talk about it. So I'm just going to go with it. Eric, don't Eric's put her to sleep. Gone. I'm not right? going to put you We need her for the rest of the zap. All right. Can we you ASMR back? me? <laughs> I don't know. Do a little bit of, but when you go you back to that scene that. where they're in therapy and Cheryl's asking for a last No one leg. went to therapy. Nobody went well, to therapy. therapy. That is the really... whole problem with this movie is that nobody <laughs> went to therapy. <laughs> they Oop. skipped therapy and went right to crazy. Correct. Yeah. But yeah, it made everyone uncomfortable. And and yeah. him showing up to work like that, you could see it made everyone uncomfortable. Yeah. But they were yeah, really it made too... everyone uncomfortable. But nobody said shit. No one fucking uh, reported shit. No. If a woman would have shown up, beat the fuck up. Yeah. It wouldn't have just been looked past. Yeah, that's, no, what no, no, no. that's what I'm saying. HR, this is a, this is a very this is a very man movie. No, absolutely. Oh, yeah. No, it definitely yeah. demonstrates what guys can get away with versus what women can not get away with, but you know what I mean. What like, if what if women wanted to do a fight club? Yo, I'll be straight up. The most entertaining shit in UFC are the women fights. Oh, yeah, I would make a ton of money. I would make a real shit ton of money. Roller derby. (laughs) Correct. So it's like you show up and you beat the fuck up. Yeah. Someone's going to be like, you okay? Is everything all? Nobody said shit to Edward Norton. No, no, they didn't. Um, Yeah. So we go from Tyler's house very quickly. We're back at Lou's. And, Ty, like, oh. and the narrator, no, 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 please, I, you, stop. We want you to talk, okay? So okay. please, all right. all right? Don't even worry about it. It makes it better. Um, so the narrator and Tyler are fighting again in Lou's parking lot. Um, so <laughs> there's a few guys that notice this, and they walk over to watch, very bemused. Like, they're, they're almost laughing at this shit. Because, again, this is a clue, Right. We're seeing Tyler fight the narrator, but they're seeing fucking the narrator fight himself. So, right. Because they don't even try to break this shit up because they don't know. Well, how we don't to know that at that time. But yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's just another clue is that, like, because normally, you know, even drunk guys at a bar would try to step in and separate two guys fighting so they don't hurt each other. They didn't even bother because they didn't have to. Like, but right. we don't know right. that. Yet. Right. Yeah, um, we don't know that yet. So we jump, we jump back to work. Quick scene. Um, narrator's in the bathroom pissing and his boss is next to him pissing and his boss looks at him and notices all the cuts and bruises. But like Sam said, doesn't say a fucking word. Right. He like maybe like he gets a little fucking grossed out by it, but he says nothing. And then, you know, we cut to the next scene. Uh, Back at Tyler's house, you know, it's pouring rain and, you know, the narrator mentions that every time it rains, they got to cut the power because the basement fills with feet of water. It's so fucking shitty. Um, 
and he he mentions uh, he indicates in his conversation or his narration that he's been there at least a month at this point so this has been going on for at least one month right um and he's completely like he's just into it now he i think he even says i don't even think about my old life we made it's later in the movie but whatever um we jump back to Luz, and now we've got a circle of people circle of guys doing just fighting just for the fuck of it they're fighting um, this is where the idea is born because you can see it in the narrator's eyes and Tyler's eyes that they're on. It's not for there. the fuck of it, though. No, see, I, no, I, I you're, get right. It. you're right. I, I get it. Yes. Like, no, exactly. I get why it is a thing. Yeah. Well, I think I, what I meant was it, it didn't have ill intent. They weren't out to hurt each other because maliciously. Right. Right. right? It was a therapy. It was their form of therapy uh, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I didn't mean to bring that up. Sorry, Sam. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm serious. I'm no, I'm, you. Listen, I'm this you. is one of my favorite fucking movies, but like, it really could have been uh, a different. Like, honestly, like, if that was a thing when I watched it, I probably would have fucking joined that shit too. You no, know what absolutely. Because I was a very angry, aggressive person at the time this shit came out too. But yeah. That is what it was. Right. Exactly. Right? It was a exactly. way to get aggression out and a way to feel a part of something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a big part. Which of it is like too. a weird beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. like going it was like going to punk rock shows and and how violent those mosh pits. pits could get. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And but you, you help each other out. Yeah, and when yeah. someone taps out, it's done when you know yes, was it was very of, it was very much that. Yeah. It was very much that. I've only seen mosh pits and videos. <laughs> oh my god! I was a little old for that, honey. Um, although that's not true because back in the in the you know late seventies and eighties, mosh pits existed, but that wasn't my scene. Um, so wait, when were you born? I was born in nineteen sixty three. Wait, I was I was hoping she would do a spit take. I I, I should have waited a second till she took a sip because it would have been a spit take. <laughs> But I'm the coolest 57-year-old you'll ever know, all right? You are. You are. Yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, See? All right. I'll take it. All right. So we're back at Tyler's house, and the boys are now out in the front yard. Yeah, Paper Street. They're they're now out in the front yard, drunkenly swinging golf clubs, knocking balls, hitting everything. Um, Both actors were shit-based drunk for this scene. (laughs) They both talked about it behind the scenes and said, we're going to get drunk when we do this. And so that was not acting. They were drunk and they were hitting golf balls and just fucking things up. So I love that. Yeah. Very cool stuff. Um, what was that? What's that? I heard someone yelling. Oh. Sorry. I don't know. No um, one else heard that? Oh, okay. No, I didn't. You're right? <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. I thought I heard yeah. a woman yell some shit. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Apologies. Um, Go ahead. That's the female fight club that's going on exactly right right yeah so we're back inside the house and the two are are talking as the narrator is reading these magazines and tyler's riding a fucking bicycle with like a russian fucking winter hat on his head and like in his underwear and bathroom um so he's circling through the different rooms and the narrator talks about you know he's reading an article written by an organ in the first person i am jack's medulla oblongata yeah, um, yeah, and he's amazed. There's a whole series of these. There's I am Jill's nipples. I am Jack's colon. He's completely amazed that this exists, and he can't wait to read them all. Um, and then the funniest part of that is fucking Tyler, drunkenly crashing that bike. He took a fucking header. I guess that was a stunt man, but he took a fucking header when he fell off that bike. He went over the handlebars and just fucking he just supermaned right on the floor. You know, <laughs> it was it was bad. Um, so we're back at work in. You know, the narrator just, he, he states, you know, after fighting, everything else in your life got the volume turned down. As his boss is talking to him and he's not listening, he can't even hear what the guy's saying. He kind of can hear. The guy asks for some reports and he gives them the reports, but he doesn't give a f- single fuck um, about it. Um, we're now quickly back at Tyler's house and they, they're in the bathroom and they are discussing mm. who they'd like to fight. Yeah. And the narrator's first answer based on what just happened is my boss. And I completely understand why I'd want to beat the shit out of his boss. Right. Um, Tyler's answer is my dad. 
And this is where they get into a conversation and find out they've got a lot in common as far as their oh, dads go. I wonder, I wonder yeah, exactly. Why. We don't understand why, you know, who knows, but they got a lot in common, you know. Um, you know, leaving young, making them go to college, the whole bit. Um, a couple of cool lines that come out of this conversation is, is the narrator just saying, I can't get married. I'm a 30-year-old boy. And mm. I can fucking relate to that because I'm a 57-year-old boy. <laughs> so, Well, I, you I, have I, children, so that's a problem. Yeah, well, yeah, they're all adults now, and they're more adult than I am. <laughs> well, you, you, but you raised them. Oh, I know. I did a good job. Fuck that. I, 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 I admit point, I did a I good job on my kids. I think his point was... And I don't know, uh, just trying to assess the whole situation because no, we know yeah. we know what it is, is the narrator and Tyler are the same person, um, which was kind of weird where it's like one was saying one thing about their dad and one was saying another thing about their dad, right? Like one yeah. was saying like, oh, he left when I was very young. And yeah. then Tyler was saying like, oh, I... I didn't, uh, he didn't graduate from college. And so it very much put me on one to graduate that, that kind of like was like weird to me where it's like, you know, once you yeah. know yeah. what it is, yeah, it's like, well, what the hell is that? Like, that's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, but the fact of just anything about the fucking dad was fucking weird about it to right. me. Right. And they get it. They get more. They get into it more later. There's some more comments about about dad later that we'll we'll talk about. Um, oh, yeah. My favorite line in that conversation is Tyler um, when when he says, I, "I can't get married. I'm a 30 year old boy." Tyler's response is, "We're a generation raised by women. I wonder if another woman is the answer." So like, here's what I. That is what I wanted to get into. Where I get yeah. mad about this is misogynistic as yes, fuck. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like, no, I agree. And you know what? The more I think about it, when we talked about Polinick being a gay man, I think he's calling men out on this in, in the book. It makes yeah. more sense to me that that's what he's doing. He's calling them out. Right. And he's bringing well, that to the know, forefront in I a very fucking you, uncomfortable way. I will say to you, I did not know that fact about him. Mm -hmm. That makes me think very differently. But yeah. when I rewatched it and when I, when I listened to that, I was like, I literally wrote it down. I, I was like, is this a homoerotic? Yep. Um, yeah. It somewhat is. Absolutely. Tyler asking if another woman is really what they need while they're half naked together, which is <laughs> yes. what? No, it really no, was. They were like both like bathing and shit. No, that's and he definitely was like, it. You know, I, I didn't know. I was like, this seems either homoerotic or like very misogynistic like i don't really know where oh, it's, this it's is. definitely misogynistic because it points to that thing right? that men have always done where it's like whenever right. blame we have women. problems blame women, blame women. Yeah. yeah correct it, because our you know it's funny. that's how i felt that's literally how i felt yeah. that is the of one like thing. even though even though even though the narrator is telling us that the father left the family and did a right. shitty thing you're still blaming the mom. Yeah. No, exactly. And so to me, that felt very misogynistic of like, instead of blaming the dad, you blame the mom. Right. And like, do we really need another woman? Yeah. It's and like, what the fuck? I, yep. don't, I don't know. You know what, though? If you made a Venn diagram of these two beings, misogyny would be the one thing that's in the middle that's common to both of them. Yeah. yeah, because the narrator is creating Tyler to be what he's not, but their right. common ground is like the, the misogynistic, thing. the manly misogynistic view. Well, so, in the briefcase. Yeah, right. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and going back to the phone booth, he calls it a suitcase. He fucks up, he and does, he left yeah. that in. Um, but yeah, it, it's the it's their definitely their common ground. So it's a really, I, I, I again I say it's my favorite line because it's profound and it makes you it makes you recognize this misogynistic view that you know even more it, it makes it more concrete um so all right that said we are going to take our second break and oh, thank uh God, we, i got a piece of bed. there you go <laughs> we will be back all right bye folks do you know anyone with a birthday get them some custom art at art of eric 
Want to impress your significant other on your anniversary? Skip the wilted flowers in the dirty CVS teddy bear. Commission a custom family portrait at artofericbabone.com. Maybe you're just like me and you like unique pieces of art, celebrating your favorite films, comics, and pop culture. Head to artofericbabone.com and shop till you drop. And don't forget, MOTCU listeners get special discounted pricing on all custom art. Don't pay some cookie-cutter bullshit from Hobby Lobby. I'm pretty sure child labor was involved in that painting of a cow you just had to have. Be a hero and support local art at artofericbabone.com. Thank you.